Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Okay, so are we ready to do some trials and triumphs? I'll go first if y'all want. Sure. Do it. So nursery trials... No, yes. um, it's actually all good stuff for the most part. Ooh. Everything is everything is up and ready. I've been in an organizing spree, washing all the clothes and doing the drawer dividers and the um, Yay, the last push of nesting. Yeah. Yes. I love um, it. My wallpaper looks great. I'm really happy with it. Was it did you did you have hire someone to put it up or did y'all put it up? I full I am res- totally respect mm-hmm. anyone that is capable of doing that. I am not that detail oriented y'all mm-hmm. i mean i will paint a room it's not going to be a great paint job but it'll it'll do if i know myself enough to know that my paint job is only fine i'm not going to test out the wallpaper you know yeah that's fair um, i mean also yes. there are like lots of wi- i mean there are a lot of windows like it's it was it's not just if it was like one solid wall maybe but anyway yes we hired someone and it looks good. So there's three walls. I also, oh, I wanted to update y'all because I think I mentioned the blinds that I ordered from blinds.com. I'd heard multiple like designers and people online use blinds.com. So I ordered some and y'all, they're great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so pleased with the quality. I like got cordless blackout liner. The liner is also like independent of the the woven part so like i can pull the liner down or i can have the liner oh, up but have the oh, shade nice. down you know what i'm saying so like yeah, yeah, yeah. yes anyway it's it, they they look great they they were very easy to install my only criticism was that i couldn't get a um sample but i'm really happy with with the color and everything so it, it feels very true to the website anyway so i'm really happy about that they look great and That's awesome. um yeah, so all all I have left to do is hang some curtains, and then and put some hardware on our on the new closet. And other than that, we're good. So I'm trying to think of what the trial was. I mean, it just more so was like getting it all like you, you know feel like you know just how getting it is. It like, ready is enough. It know? just is. Oh, a, yeah. It's like it seems easy, and and I'm grateful that we didn't actually have to order any furniture with all the lead times going on. We used like everything left over, but just it uh, yeah it's just it's a lot of work no it is and pulling out all that stuff i feel like was washing also it like and, mm-hmm. oh i definitely didn't wash something recently that i put my second kid in that or no i washed it when i had packed it away but like i put brought it back out and did not wash a piece of clothing and i definitely was like this smells like a basement in the <laughs> these all probably should have been washed way to be lazy taryn way to be lazy yeah i i have a i have a lot left to watch like i need to wash like the car seat and all that stuff that's been in our basement and it's a little it's just a, little a yeah just it's a tad, little funky. you know i did all the baby babe like right when they were born but yeah this was like the six to like nine month clothes where you're just oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in the midst and you're like i just gotta get out the bigger clothes <laughs> and then you're like wait a second i probably should have washed these okay maybe that should be my trial because okay so you know we're <laughs> having i well I'm, I'm curious how if how you do this taryn because i ha- get some hand-me-downs from my sister-in-law and have I've stored all you know saved all of Blair's clothes but I just find the constant rotation and storage of and managing of clothing exhausting exhausting. like no one ever told me this it's like a side it's one of those it's a second it's another job it's in it it's one of these and it doesn't go away task yes it's an invisible task that doesn't go away and especially right at the beginning it's a constant rotation and the, uh, oh so somebody bought them a long sleeve outfit well it's 100 degrees outside am i even going to use this should i get rid of this and like again husbands don't know i mean excuse me i'm sure some of you have lovely husbands that do know mine doesn't know no because yeah, again not. i'm waiting till the kid doesn't fit in anything and then you pull out so i have it organized by bins like plastic bins in my basement that have the size and i spent the time 
putting them in each bin that it fits the right one. And But here's the thing that I find so annoying, because as I'm going through Blair's clothes, like, yes, if you read the tag, there are oh. certain things mm-hmm. that oh, like, I know where you're going. She's yeah. still wearing some stuff that's like 12 to 18 months. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, this yeah. is she's three. How is this? <laughs> so, you yeah. know what I it mean? It depends like, on where on who the manufacturer is, like where. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so then what they so are then what bin do I put it in? Do I put it in the the twelve month bin? Yes. It's gonna be huge. And then so anyway, that is like my biggest Yeah, between that oh, and like like how do you organization? Those are Oof. invisible things again that you're just like, here's another task that nobody knows I'm doing. But if I don't do it, then, then it, it all falls like, apart. Yeah. And then yeah. I have to buy all new clothes. And then here's the other thing too. Like of course, I felt like I was pretty good at keeping stains off clothes or like getting stains out of clothes like i love oxy okay i'm sure there are more eco-friendly things i could use if anyone has suggestions send them my way but i don't feel like when i packed away all of her clothes like her baby stuff it had stains on it but then after sitting in the basement for 16 months it has that yellow thing so and i'm like ah now i have to like wash them again and try to stain treat them again i think and then like the the loss of buttons Oh, buttons. Buttons, buttons coming off, hems coming out. I mean, it's just like, oh, my Lord. Oh. Yeah. And then again, you can I'm make trying a... to save money by not buying new clothes, but then well, it's and just it's this cleaner, whole... But you do. You have to mend them and you have to, yes, you have to d- scrub all the stains out. I mean, every night so... I'm scrubbing some stain out of some outfit. Like I'm I'm spot treating, to your point, yeah. every single night because and I, I get, have small children. I get that like this is every Oh, parents. everybody. Everybody's doing yeah. an issue. And, I'm not the first one. but it's And just, it still goes on, like, even in my house. My daughter, I mean, since... She's 13. Since she's, yeah, she's 13. And since she's been home, <laughs> honestly, just this summer, she grew three inches. And she is an inch and a half taller than me. So... All so of you have set, to buy like, her all new pants are in style, exactly. Agnes. It's fine. It's so you have to buy her all <laughs> new again. Yes, oh all new again. From things that I bought over the summer. Like shorts. Oh, forget about it. Yeah, she's like all the, legs. Yeah, she's all legs. We had the "you're not leaving the house in those shorts" conversation, <laughs> and I, I was like, "Who am I?" Yeah, yeah. you're like, "How yeah. did I get here? How am I that parent now?" <laughs> so what you're, what you're telling me, what you're telling me is this is a this is a 18 year issue that I just got to accept now because yeah. it's never going away. It's yeah. true. The rotation of clothes is real annoying. I mean, you do, it's, it's a lot more intense at the beginning, but like, yeah, just because the growth spurts are more frequent, but yeah, it just happens. And you just have to be like, okay, this is what you're wearing now. Here's, here's what's on deck. And then here's what's going to Goodwill. Yeah. And you have to be organized enough to have the on deck and the, yeah. But also just knowing like, okay, what do I have? Mm -hmm. And then what is on deck? Like, is there a winter coat in there or do I need to go ahead and order one? Yeah, for no, fall I, you know yeah. what i mean it's like that that too it's like you have to have a mental catalog as soon as winter coats come out i go ahead and get one see no and it makes sometimes sense, i'll get sometimes i'll get two like one in a bigger size because you don't you don't know <laughs> yeah you don't know and then like two months after winter coats are out then you can't find one so true yeah I'm sorry. so anyway yeah yeah <laughs> i know truth that be is. it yeah real. So, yeah. Okay. If anyone has any sort of magical tips about storing clothes or, you know, anything. Mine's labeled bins. It's yeah. not magic, but it works. I mean, I, mean I, I, I did a decent job, I feel like, storing Blair's old stuff. It's just then I was getting out the things and trying to sort them into sizes. And I was like, yeah, but I feel like she wore this late or I feel like she grew out of this no. early. It's like, oh, God. No, it was. Yeah. It was a, anyway, and then there's the suggestion size. Yeah. It's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> right it's a suggestion size and you know every kid is a totally different size yeah. i mean this just could be at peanut looking at- and you're like yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a good point oh yeah. liz okay. is right my kids were very different <laughs> your, size. What, your kids yeah. are oh, such true. different sizes what what my youngest is wearing now my oldest wore up until like a year and a half like so it is it's like i'm in a very it's gonna be they're gonna be the that's same true. size soon i'll be like these are my twins <laughs> you know what? it's just fluid yeah just be fluid <laughs> All right, who's next? I'll go next. So we are in a rental. I think you guys now know this, but the basement, the little hole that the air conditioner and the dehumidifier in the basement, there's like a little hole in the pad, the cement pad in the basement that they trickle into. 
like the little excess fluid. Definitely somehow that little hole got clogged out of nowhere. So all of a sudden water starts like flooding in this basement. Now again, it's like a, it's a slower drip, but the air conditioning is going constant right now, as you know. So like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it quickly was like base and it's not our home. So you are like, um, so again, got to yeah. call the poor company that's managing this house and be like, hi, can you bring someone out? And these two guys came out and they did clear it. It was fine. But they were like yelling stuff in the basement. I was like, I swear I didn't do anything. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> uh, I keep saying that. I'm like, I don't know how this is happening. We didn't bring the bats. We didn't bring. <laughs> Your landlords are like, these tenants are the worst. They're bad. Yeah. I, well, I feel like we're the worst. I mean, we can't be the worst, right? We still are no. pretty respectful of stuff, but like. It does seem like we have been, anyway, they came pretty out quickly, but that was definitely a trial because all of a sudden this basement that I've been using as my like, oh my God, it's so much better than my last basement. There's all this space. It doesn't flood. (laughs) And then all of a sudden there was water. And luckily the basement has like a angle and it ran the opposite direction than all our stuff and like all the boxes we have stored down there so we can move again. Otherwise that would have been a big mess, but we got lucky, but. They have started framing all the way up to my roof now. It looks They're, so good. So it is so crazy. It is a house. And you oh. can see it. We live on the second house on a on a from a corner. And so I came down the other big street this week by the amphitheater. And all of a I could see the building, our roof from the left. And I was like, what? That's our house. Because our neighbors next to us have a ranch like we had. Um, (laughs) So now my house is towering over theirs. But it was very exciting. And I'm super excited. So it's it's so exciting. It's so so weird. You can walk in the rooms now. And you can see like the, and granted, I've only seen the pictures, but like, I love that you can sort of see what it's going to look like. You can really envision. Envision. Yeah, how it's going to look. Well, now you know what the shape is. Yeah. You're like, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, wait, these holes for windows look way too big. Like I asked the builder that. I was like, are windows this big? Like are the windows too big? And then like walking into some of the rooms, you can't tell scale of like room. I'm like, is this the right size room? (laughs) Did we mess up? I don't think you can have too big of windows, Taryn. Oh, that's true. We do, as much as we've read and listened to every person speak of light, you're right. Hopefully yeah. you say that. I'm going to, ha- unless I have a little firebox of a house. You are going to need some blinds.com blinds though. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to know that they're good. Okay. that Those are my two. They were short and sweet, but uh, that was our house updates for this week, guys, as I, I'm starting yes. to have a, and we ordered shingles, so. Oh, as soon as it, yeah. it's a real life. It's a real life house. It's going to happen. <laughs> that's so awesome. All right. All right. That's all. all. Right. Okay. So for my stuff. um, Okay. So for the past three months, my family has been caretaking for my aunt who has been having memory issues. And so for, um, I mean, you know, COVID's just been really tough on all of these seniors who have been living on their own. Mm-hmm. So I just oh, want to, yeah. I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's been a caretaker over, over this period, or just is caring for anybody who needs help like this. Like, just thank you. It's, it's such That's a, so it's true. such a tough thing. Yeah. There's a triumph to the end of this as well, because, <laughs> because we, last week we moved her into her own apartment, which Aww. is awesome. And it's been so wonderful just giving her a space that's all her own and really and figuring out you know okay well what do you what do you want and you know figuring out like okay so she's got this transitional vibe and this classic blues and you know like you know she wants it to be like a lake house so we're we're doing all these things to just really make it really make it a good home for her that's awesome awesome. it's been it's been really awesome and have all your have you had help doing it as well? Has it been? Oh my gosh, I could not do it without the help of my sisters and my mom. I mean, seriously, everybody's just everybody's strengths are coming out in different parts. You know, that's like, awesome. Because you okay? Wait, you have like three sisters? I have two sisters. Two sisters. Two, two sisters. Okay. Two brothers. Yeah, and everybody's good at different things. So mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. So we so we just tag out when we need to and. Honestly, being able to do that with family support has been so amazing. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody out there who's I know, yeah. taking care of somebody mm-hmm. because it's, it's tough. 
It's it's but another invisible invisible task that we get. How does she you. feel about it? Is she like happy in her new space or is she 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 is. She is. That's good. Yeah. It's a senior living community and her first week there she's like made a bazillion friends and goes to art classes and like does all this awesome stuff. And those communities are so great. I think it's been you know good. If it's mm-hmm. farewell to your what feels like your freedom is hard for it was my grandfather it's the same way he's in a community though and that part's great yeah. he has an apartment he can walk he has people he walks to dinner with and yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's just it is nice not to be so alone especially yeah now. especially right now yeah yeah so, now when they can't have as many visitors right that's good. And I'm glad your family was doing it all together. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely on a good note. And yeah, family's super important. Yeah. So. Okay, I guess we should get to our guest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so our guest today is interior designer Charlotte Lucas of Charlotte, North Carolina, and she started her business, Charlotte Lucas Interior Design, in 2012, and since then, her work has been featured in El Decor, Southern Living, Veranda, House Beautiful, and more. She's also got a fabric and wallpaper line called House of Harris. Charlotte, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I've been following you on Instagram for so long, and I'm thrilled to have you (laughs) and to get to prick your brain because your work is so fun and just exuberant, I guess. Color, um, a mix of styles, and just has this real funky vibe to it that I think you don't see all that much, and so it's, it's nice to see it. Well, thank you. We like to keep things interesting and um, every project brings something different and um, keeps everything very exciting for us. So thank you. It's good to hear. (laughs) Just looking at your, I'm just going to jump in with color because I feel like that's such a hallmark of your work and just taking one. It's an easy thing to talk about. (laughs) Yes. And anyone that were to just like pull up Instagram right now and find you would Mm -hmm. be struck by color. And specifically, I love the way you use color on upholstery because I feel like that's somewhere people tend to play it safe and you do not. You do (laughs) bold colors, contrast welts, patterns. Okay. Talk us through this and maybe try to talk us and our listeners into going, making some more bold choices in their upholstery versus just going with like white or tan. Sure. Well, I think it's so, it is a little bit intimidating, I guess as a client to do anything out of the ordinary as far as something that's not gray or tan or neutral on a sofa because it's the biggest thing in the room usually. So I think that it's very intimidating to think of a bold pattern or, oh my gosh, I might get sick of this color in a couple years. But I I think, and especially just with experience doing this, it creates such a more exciting, vibrant space. Usually when these uh, bigger upholstery pieces are the larger pieces in the room, it creates a statement. And I've never found anyone that's that's tired of that. Mm-hmm. I think longevity, wow. longevity of the piece is a really big consideration that we all take in. So like, what do you think about when you're like, okay, I'm going to do a chartreuse modern sofa in here? What's, what's the lifespan of that? What do you... You know, I'm sitting actually in my living room right now looking at two sofas that are in front of me and they are upholstered in a green scenic pattern from Schumacher and it has pinks and blues and and yellows and and then I piped it in a pink welt and it makes me happy every time I walk through the room. It's just such a, it's just such a delight to look at and I just think that it's it makes you it's it makes you drawn to the piece instead of just kind of feeling neutral about it. You know, but I've I've had the sofas in my living room for about 10 years and I've reupholstered them once. And I think as you outlive the durability of a fabric, then you can change it and then you can freshen it up and just kind of create a new a new feeling for the room, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. So I've never really tired of a pattern, a color or a fabric. I think I would tire of 
the monotony of a beige sofa. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> what was it before? Before you reupholstered it, what was it? You know, it actually was, it was more neutral. And I, and it was piped in a yellow welt, but it, it was boring. And to be honest, it showed a lot of dirt. And I think it was, mm. it was one of the first things I purchased for, for an apartment that I bought, gosh, 12 years ago. And so I, at that point, I was a little bit nervous myself to do something more bold. And I knew my apartment wasn't a permanent fixture in my life forever. And so I just kind of upholstered it in something I knew would get me through. Mm-hmm. And it was boring. And so I have gone away from boring and it is now a very exciting pop of color and pattern. It makes me very happy. Do your clients ever give you pushback? They do. They give me, um, they give me pushback every once in a while, but I also have to say my clients are extremely trusting and that doesn't always happen off the bat, but it is um, a trust earned in the beginning of a relationship. And then mm-hmm. a lot of what we do also is we try to make it as visual as possible for the client. And so they can really see what we see. And some mm-hmm. people say, you know what, that's great. We love it. We trust you go for it. And some are just, it scares them to death, but they'll do it. And then when it's done, they get it. So we really <laughs> have to kind of hold hands through the project with the client, depending on how um, open they are to something. And we also want to make sure that it's something that represents and reflects our clients too. We're not, I, mean, I would never design what I want for my clients. We design the best version of our clients. So pushing clients is means something different every time because everyone is different. Okay. So I know on your site, you have like show, show renderings. Is that what you're talking about when you make it as visual as possible? Yes. For some of our projects, most of our larger projects that especially involve new construction or renovation, we do hand rendered uh, drawings or hand renderings of the spaces. And so we have an artist actually in Georgia near y'all and she creates those for us and she is extremely talented and we've worked with her for many, many years at this point. And so she really gets the details of what we're trying to portray to our clients. But at the same time, if we show a client a picture of a sofa and then an actual fabric sample and say like, this is what's going to happen when you mesh it all together, (laughs) <laughs> Some people can't visualize that. And I understand that. So those those renderings are gold for us. We really are able to show our clients a lot, but also kind of show builders and contractors our goal at the end of a project as well. So it's very helpful. Yeah. The renderings are so pretty. They're- oh, thank you. It's really amazing to see them come to life. The projects come to life from a rendering. We've done a little series called Rendering to Reality on our Instagram, and we'll take the rendering and then we'll take the professional photograph of the space when it's done. And once we show the client the rendering, not much changes. I mean, they are sold. They love it. They don't want to change anything because it all just kind of works together. And a lot of thought has gone into those renderings before we even engage the, uh, the, the rendering artist to work with us. So it's really exciting to kind of see how similar they are in real life. Imagine if we could all do that. Like, <laughs> it would be so helpful. <laughs> right? I know. It really is. And there's a lot of great tools that we can use to visually to show clients things. But that there's nothing that I think is more beautiful than a hand-rendered room. So we do try to try to use this for our clients whenever we can, although they take a lot of time because they're so detailed and um We don't change the renderings after we change any selections, but you are able to see, okay, if we change the sofa, then it's a domino effect around the room and you kind of have to Mm -hmm. change everything. So it really does help. I mean, honestly, our clients don't change much from those renderings. We really, and we really get to know our clients well enough to the point where we start to select those materials and finishes. We know exactly what their goals are and their expectations are for the space. And so um, they don't, they usually love what we present to them, which is good. How how does the process start getting to know a brand new client? Because I feel like, you know, obviously you're trying to get to know get to know someone new, but I also feel like there's probably a lot of learning we can all do about our own tastes. And sometimes you maybe don't know yourself as well and your own preferences as well as you think you do. So I'm curious if there are ways that you try to learn about your client that we could sort of practice on ourselves Absolutely. to make our designs better. Well, you know, a, a 
designer client relationship is a little bit like a marriage for for over a year and so you really have to it's a, it's it's almost an interview process both ways in the beginning before you know any engagement has happened we're interviewing the clients as much as the clients are interviewing us to make sure it's a good fit it's not like a one designer fits all I think interior design is very personal and very specific. So making sure that you choose the right person is is really, really important. So that's that's the first part. And I think that some people just think, oh, they're a designer and they've done all this, they can they'll do my project. But you know, I think you you kind of have to align in certain areas to make sure that's a, a fluid relationship. So once the relationship is is set, we get to know our clients in the beginning just by a pretty standard questionnaire. We email them a questionnaire and they get together with themselves or a spouse and fill that out. And I think it it makes them think about what they like or what they don't like or how they live and the priorities of their home and the way they use it and what type of family you have and do you entertain and where do you put your Christmas tree and all of these things that are really important just to kind of stop and think about what you do and how you use a space. And after that, we do a lot of just meetings and getting to know the client. A lot of my clients, I would say most of them, become really good friends through this process. And it's a sad day when their project is over because we have gotten (laughs) used to seeing each other for so long. And so it's actually kind of sad when the project's over, but we, we always keep in touch. And it's always exciting when they have another house to do or a vacation home so we get to spend more time together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can always invite yourself back over and just uh, see what you changed. Absolutely. I, yeah. I do that a lot You're like, as well. Oh, you, um, you moved that. I see. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there an area in your questionnaire that you find clients fib on more than, you know, when you're like, do you really live that way in that room? <laughs> you know, I think pr- people are pretty honest and uh, like brutally honest about like we destroy this. And, and a lot of people that especially young families that we work with will say, you know, we live really hard on our upholstery, but it's not the kids. It's my husband. Like my husband lives hard on the upholstery or I live hard on the upholstery. My kids don't, they don't mess anything up. Like they actually, you know, don't ever spill anything. It's us that, that, that you know, are eating in front of the TV and we're spilling wine or whatever it is. So it's kind of funny just to see how people live and, um, and, and just getting to know people. And that's the beauty of, of, <laughs> of what I get to do every day is getting to know people and designing for people and spaces. And it's not, like I said before, it has nothing to do with me. It's about the best version of, of them. And um, I always say my goal when we're done with the project for a friend or a neighbor, or a, a family member of the client to walk through their home and say, oh my gosh, this is so them, you know, like the best version of themselves um, and represented in their home. And that's what we, you know, are hired to do that a client can't do for themselves. So um, that's our goal Mm -hmm. each time. Okay. I I just need to go back a little bit to the contrast well, because I do, and maybe this is just me. I don't know, Liz and Taryn, if you agree, but I feel like sometimes I think of welts as being like a little bit traditional. I don't want to say old fashioned, but you know, a little bit on the traditional side, but you make it look so cool. So what's your favorite way to use a contrast well and and when and where do you like to put them? Gosh, I love, I love all trim, all passimentary. I mean, it is the, the icing on the cake. And I think you could have a, you know, solid sofa, solid chair, solid pillow, but then having a really cool welt or having a contrast welt or anything, just, it just, the detail, it, it, it's all in the details. So I, there's not a favorite for sure. I would never be able to, to even say that's like saying, who's your favorite child, but each and every time it's different. I mean, sometimes we have a little bit more of a modern sofa. And so we do get the more prissy traditional welts out that are more braided or more, or they have these really fun little fringe welts now that's that are like poofy and they're just, it's so cool. And it's just different. And it's, it's, not anything new. It's been around forever, but it's just using things in a new way. You know, we love using leather welts. Leather welts are really great and it kind of gives a more masculine edge to something, especially say if it's a floral chair and then you have like a leather, really cool leather welt on it. It just kind of gives a great little edge to it. Um, that sounds so another, cool. <laughs> another um, one of our favorites is welting in like a silk. 
and it just gives a really pretty, it makes it a lot more fine because silk is, silk is so thin and it gives that sheen on the edge of a curve of a sofa or a pillow. There's just so many options and opportunity for kind of trimming out furniture and, um, and pillows. It's, it's, it's all very exciting. <laughs> this is the thrill of my work every day. <laughs> I could talk about trims forever. <laughs> I love the way sometimes you'll do it almost like a tonal, like, you know, maybe the sofa is like kind of raspberry color and then the, the welt is like a darker version of that. Mm-hmm, I, I just that. feel like yeah. it's a good like balance between being clean lined and traditional. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone needs to go look at your Instagram and, and check out those details. <laughs> we have a lot so, of, a yep. lot of detail pictures on our Instagram. You know, it's, it's all about, I don't like, don't like doing anything trendy, but there's a lot of things we do that are daring. Um, so we try to keep, if they are a little more daring, we try to do things, other things in that component in a classic way. So it, it becomes timeless. Or if we're doing something more daring, it's on an old, like an antique piece of furniture. And so there's some you know, there's some age to it and, and it's not something that's so new and fresh. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. A lot of what I do is just like a gut feeling. And if it feels good, I go for it. <laughs> um, it just and sometimes, you know, when we're doing contrast welts or adding that detail, sometimes it doesn't even have to match anything. It just needs to be something that doesn't perfectly match and make sense. You know, sometimes you're like, okay, this room is so great and it's so pretty, but it's a little too pretty or it's a little too perfect. Like, let's just mess it up a little bit and need something that doesn't completely make sense. And that's when you kind of go for something that, I don't know, it just, it, it's all about a balance. And I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's all a gut feeling for me. Mm. We always talk about it like in fashion, it's kind of like if you're wearing like a, something wide on the bottom, you need something kind of tight and fitted on the top or vice versa. If you go with yes. a wide top, you need something to slim you on the bottom. Exactly. Like if you have your short skirt on, you need to cover up your arms, like cover up your top. Or if you have something that's a little more exposed up top, then, you know, have a long skirt on, but you can't give it all away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your Instagram is just so um, packed full. It's wonderful. I hope everybody listening like follows you immediately because I know I've enjoyed it so much and all your color combos. And I wanted to talk about your wallpaper and fabric line you have with your sister and how that came to be and how you guys even thought of this and how's it going? Oh my gosh. It has been a whirlwind and such a wonderful experience. Um, My sister Liz and I started House of Harris, goodness, about four years ago at this point, I think. Um, the days are long, but the years are short. <laughs> um, but we have had a wonderful time learning about it all. Um, we, as much as we thought we knew about fabric and wallpaper, we didn't know much about manufacturing it and designing it. So it's been really exciting. It's been an evolution. We're coming out with our third collection um, this year. We've started to unroll some of the new wallpapers out just within the past couple of weeks. We're doing a lot of new hand-painted wallpaper murals, similar to the one behind me that we were mentioning earlier. And it's been really amazing what we've kind of seen in the market, like a void was the hand-painted wallpapers at an attainable price. And so for a lot of our clients, we do use DeGournay or Gracie, but not every client has the budget to do that. And also not every space needs that. So what we've done is we've had hand-drawn murals. So we have an original, like the one behind me, and then we have it digitized. And we have it digitized so we can customize the scale and the size and the color. And then it's printed to order. And so the lead times are more quick. I mean, they're, they're three weeks for wallpaper. And um, it's a fraction of the cost. So it's not to say that there's not a beautiful place for 
the hand-painted wallpapers of the world because I would be lost without them. They're amazing and they're so beautiful, but there's also room for for other options. So it's been really exciting to kind of see this evolve and that we had one of our wallpapers called The Hillside, which was a, a mural. It was an A and B mural. And it did so well that we kind of took the lead from the sales and what people were buying and created a couple more. So we just launched another one that has this beautiful lavender wisteria kind of falling off the trees. And um, it was inspired by um, some trips to Paris that my sister and I took. And um, it's just, it's really exciting. It's And it's a fun, another fun kind of creative um, avenue from our design businesses. Because your sister, your sisters are both interior designers as well, right? Yes. Yes. I have two sisters. I'm in the middle, a younger and an older sister, and they're both interior designers. And so um, it's just really fun to to all be in the same industry. Although it's funny, we do not ever talk shop about it. <laughs> like it's, I feel like that's what we do all day. And so when we're all together, it's the last thing we want to talk about. And my mother is actually an interior designer too. Um, so I think that's where we all got it from. That's um, funny. <laughs> we, yeah, we, um, it's probably, I guess, in our DNA at this point. <laughs> yeah, I would um, think so. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's great. Do y'all all live in the same town? We live in Are different cities. So okay. I, no, I am in Charlotte and my younger sister is in Charleston and my older sister is in Wilmington, North Carolina. So they are both by the coast. Yes. That's good. So you you don't fun. have to be competitive. Yeah. We're not on top of each other. Yeah. And we're not competitive. <laughs> we, um, no, not at all. So it's great. But do you go into each other's houses and like judge and move things around and, <laughs> and you know or is it or is it more like sourcing like oh where'd you get that it, it's it's that it's exactly that. i'm like yeah. that's cool where'd you get that and it's like well i want some in my house you know <laughs> um, but we also the three of us have very different styles so it's kind of fun and we i think we all like each other's styles and can respect what each of our houses look like but they're all very different. And so I think that kind of makes it fun, too, that we're not alike. And so we all kind of bring something different to the table, which is fun. Okay, speaking of your style, you definitely do a lot of some of those traditional elements like the chinoiserie wallpaper, but you really funk it up. And I feel like people need to know this about your work. I mean, you use a lot of mid-century furniture, lots of unusual shapes. And so I was wondering if there... And, and I feel like you and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you use a lot of vintage furniture, both of a more traditional and a maybe more like funkier mid-century kind of, you know, like you uh -huh. use like a English roll arm chair, but you might also use, you know, a tulip table. How do you combine these two? And are there any do's and don'ts that you sort of keep in mind when you're combining vintage pieces of very different styles? Okay, this is going to be a hard one again, because it's a lot of it is just about the feelings that I have when I'm putting together these spaces. But to your point, I do love mixing different periods of furniture. So I love French antiques and I think the scale of them is really beautiful. And I think that they pair nicely with some of the more mid-century vintage furniture, um, really from the six, well, fifties and sixties. And some of the French antiques I think are so beautiful because they have a lot of detail in the craftsmanship, but they're not too ornate. So I think that's what, it, it provides a little bit of timeless kind of classical elements without being overly traditional or overly ornate and or like too formal. So I think that's why maybe they, they pair well together and they can be mixed. And some have, you know, I think some of the things from the 50s and 60s have a little bit more of an edge and some funk to it, as you you mentioned. And so kind of pairing that with something that's a little bit more restrained works. And it's, again, kind of what we were saying. It's like you want to kind of balance an outfit, the top and bottom kind of correlate together. So you, it's, it's all a balancing act when we're putting things together. And so that's the hardest part when we're presenting to a client if they take one thing away. You, it, it's yeah. a hard spot to fill because it's a very specific item usually that we selected for that reason that balances out the rest of the room. Do you take the architecture of the room into consideration too? Like if you come into a house that's, you know, a mid-century house or a more contemporary house, are you just going to 
run the other direction and try to balance it with something more traditional just to kind of play off of that? Um, you know, it, it all depends, but absolutely, I take the, the interior architecture into play. Um, I've done a lot of historic homes in Charleston, South Carolina, and we've done a lot of homes that are hundreds of years old. And so it's really important in that situation to listen to the bones of the house. And so we do kind of that tells the story first for me. Um, sometimes if it's a new construction house and there's not, there's no story to the bones of the house, then we have to kind of create them. And so we're either creating some interior architectural elements or we say, okay, you know, there's not any depth to the, the age of this house. Let's do something of our own or let's create a, a gorgeous wallpaper and, and kind of just create our own little um, sanctuary per se. Okay, your house is mid-century modern. Yes. So how has that, has that, do you feel like made you get, go a little bit more in that direction? Like fall a little bit more in love with that? Or were you already sort of a big fan before you bought your house? I already loved this time period. Um, and I, I never designed my house at once. I just, honestly, I collected things that I loved when I found them and just brought them home. <laughs> and so it's been an evolution for sure. But no, I mean, there's a, there's a mix of styles here. I would say there are a lot of vintage pieces here. There's not much, I don't have, I don't have much that's new. Um, I just, I love collecting things. And so when I find something on an auction or a buying trip somewhere in a, an estate sale and it speaks to me, I just get it. And then I kind of rearrange things when I get home and make it work. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking, I mean, I'm looking around, but I also have mixed in, you know, old French dresser, like marble top French dressers that were my great grandmothers. And so I have that mixed in with some of the more mid-century vintage pieces. Um, so it's all the big mix, but I think what, if you, if you collect things that you love, you'll never tire of them. So that's kind of what I've, that's my motto for my house. <laughs> yeah, but you've also packed a punch without overpacking it. If that I don't know. Sense. I'm looking around. I'm like, there's a lot of packed a lot in. <laughs> I packed Maybe. a lot in over here. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. But then I just live with it for so long. It just, it's here like, and it's home. You don't see, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to say, most of your rooms, I definitely, uh, you know, I have to look I, and study and be like, Oh my gosh, there's so much in here to look at. Like what, you know, like from the art, to the color, to the wall treatments, to the, you know, like Caroline looking at the welt on something. It goes to show that like there's so many layers that like make the the room cohesive. But you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? <laughs> I do. I mean, the, the layers are very important. I'm glad you mentioned that because it is what we can only do so much with our furniture and our upholstery and the rugs and the drapes and the lighting and all those things. But you also have to tell a story of who lives there. And so, you know, it's, it's about the art and it's about, you know, all the, the items and objects in your bookshelf and, and your picture frames and the stories of where you've been and, and who you are. And so I think that's a really important thing too. And so I'm, I'm very good at picking up things when I go shopping, <laughs> especially, you know, on like we I recently went to Palm Beach and we kind of walked down Dixie Highway with a client and we were sourcing things for a project. And, you know, there's things that I see that I love and I pick up along the way. And maybe I shouldn't pick up all these things because it's a little bit trashy <laughs> at this point. But it's just all these things that I love and they have a story to me and, and mm -hmm. they tell a story. And I think that's really important. So we we do help clients do that. So I like to go on buying trips with clients because I'm not sure that they would go to, into some of these stores or, or dig around like we do together when, when I'm with them. And then, you know, they'll pick up something that I wouldn't have picked up. And they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. And it reminds me of, you know, my grandmother or that time when I was at the beach with my kids and this happened. I'm like, we're getting it. We're getting it. Mm -hmm. We're bringing it home. We're putting it on your bookshelf. And that's mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that you, that you build and collect that adds those the best layers of a home. Mm -hmm. Okay, I did see that you said in an article that you'll sometimes spend a full day accessorizing a client space. And I'm curious what type of accessories are your go-tos? And then 
where do you think people tend to miss the mark in their own houses, putting the finishing touches on a room? Um, yeah, so we spend, gosh, more than days accessorizing homes. Um, a lot, of, like one thing, just like after an installation, um, before we even get into like the real accessories of bookshelves, people think they have coffee table books and then we move them in and they have like 10. And then you put them out and they're like eaten up in a second. Like you need like 60 <laughs> coffee table books in your house <laughs> because there's just so much space and it just, it, it literally, they get eaten up so quickly. And so we usually end up getting, bringing over a lot more coffee table books. And then if they don't already have like some items for bookshelves and accessories, then we'll go out and shop for them and do that. But then it's also really fun. I, I shopped with a client. We went to Asheville, North Carolina. We went to some of the art galleries there and they have all these this beautiful pottery and we were headed out of town and just on the side of the highway, there was a big sign that said antiques. And I was on the phone, I was on a conference call. My client was like, turn, 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 turn. We gotta go in there. So we <laughs> veered over, we went into this giant antique mall and spent four hours there and just found oh my the coolest things. <laughs> and it was one of these things where we were kind of in the point of her project where we've selected all of the furniture and all of the big things, but we needed the little things. And we went and just, it was, it was a gold mine. And you just start to look and then you see more and then there's, and everything's so unique and one of a kind. And it's not like you went to just a store and picked out everything for your bookshelves. I think that's a good way to get started and kind of have that foundation. And then you can add to it with, I mean, they're, they're just, they're treasures. It was so amazing. Mm -hmm. And we, I would have never, you couldn't have said what we were going to find. You just have to be open-minded and see what's in front of you. So it was really neat, but those are the unexpected things. And I think you just have to be able to be willing to take the time to do that and kind of dig through. Are there any unusual items that you like to put in a bookshelf that most people wouldn't think of? You know, I actually like hanging little pieces of art or little um, ceramics or like even plates or bowls on the back of a bookshelf. I was actually styling some bookshelves last week for a client and this client has two young kids and they made this amazing pottery and ceramics in school. And so we had some of them out on coffee tables and put some in the bookshelves. And then some of them, we, we just kind of stuck a nail in the back of the bookshelf and just hung it on, hung it on the bookshelf. And then it gives dimension and kind of takes you back. It's like creating layers in bookshelves also. Mm -hmm. Another little secret thing that we do, I mean, it's not secret, but just like a little tip that we do is a lot of our clients have like really pretty vases or a certain pottery that they've had that's special to them. Or maybe it, they don't even think it's special. Maybe like we've had this forever and it, you know, I don't really like it. And it sits in a bookshelf and it doesn't really do anything for them. But we always use these little acrylic pedestal risers and um, you can order them on Amazon. And it's like a four by four square and it's like one inch high and it kind of gives it a pedestal to, to shine on. That's so smart. And I do feel like sometimes, mm -hmm. like I actually, that would, I need to use some of those because I have some bookshelves that are like square and I feel like it's always, the square shelves are hard because things, like things tend to be the top, same height. Yeah, and the top is always empty. And so I need to like boost stuff up. And I mean, I've got a lot of books, but like sometimes you want to mix it up. So, oh, well, I was just thinking too. I was like, I don't think any of my like pottery from my childhood was cute at all. <laughs> this, my kids are bringing home the coolest art these days from school. And it's, um, it's fun to mix it together. I mean, I have looking at some um, little ceramic cupcakes that they made that I have like on a console in my living room. And then I've also framed a lot of their art from school and mixed it in in a gallery wall. So I have some original art mixed in with kid art. And I mean, no one would know, no one knows the difference. And I, I love that. I think it's so neat. And it's so special mm -hmm. to see some of their pieces. And they think it's the coolest thing when their art's framed on the wall as well. So it's really special. <laughs> I love that.
Do you have a certain way when you do your gallery walls of where you do all the frames the same? Do you care what the frame is? Do you have a certain style of frame you lean to? Yep, it kind of depends on the location of the gallery wall. Mine at home is around my TV. And so it's a really large wall and I didn't want the TV to be just the main focal point because it's really not on a lot. And so I wanted to have some art around it. So I framed all of the art around my TV in just a simple white frame. Mm-hmm. And so it's all, and then all different pieces. So it all feels very cohesive. But usually when we're doing gallery walls, I love mixing up the frames and having old antique frames, some that are more ornate, some that are more simple, different, and, and all different art too. I think that's what makes it interesting. But yeah, it's it's hard to create a gallery wall. You, I mean, you want to say you just kind of start collecting things and just throw it up there, but there's so much thought that goes into it. And we did a really big gallery wall that's on our Instagram as well. And the client is a big collector of art. And she thought she had a lot to start this gallery wall in her stairwell. And it was not nearly enough. So she, we advised her, we're like, let's not do this gallery wall now. Let's just keep collecting, keep collecting and collect for about a year when you travel. And then we'll frame everything together. And then we mapped, we actually um, cataloged all of her art. And then we did a digital kind of rendering of what would go where. Um, so, because it was like a two, um, it was a play a 20 foot high stairwell. So we really had to oh, be wow. thoughtful when we were, mm. when we hired the guy to help us and had certain ladders and um, it was a big undertaking. Okay. Do we need to do a decorating dilemma or just do, do either of y'all have a last minute question to get in there? I have one because it relates to my life. I am currently building a new home. The general outside of it is hardy plank, white. We're doing shutters. You got it. Pretty traditional. Question is, because I'm, you know, it's a custom home, so I get to actually ask this. I'm doing, I'm looking at doors right now because I get to do a custom door. My question that I can't figure out is on my last home, we'd had a brass kick plate. And I loved it because we had brass letters to, or numbers, excuse me, for our home and a bright colored door. And it looks so good. I don't know yet if I want to do a brown door or a, or paint the door, but, but for picking the paneling pattern on the door, I need to figure out if I want to do a brass plate. But then when I looked at traditional kind of colonial homes, of course, they don't have a brass plate at the bottom. So now I can't decide. So I want to know your opinion. <laughs> Do I, do I not? I know you have, you don't have an image or anything, but just trust me. I'm just going, going with my gut here, but I would say, I would say go with the brass kick plate. I think it's such a beautiful Mm -hmm. detail and and a timeless detail. Okay. No, I think you have to know if you're going to do the brass kick plate or not, because then they'll start the Mm -hmm. paneling or whatever, however they're doing the door above that. You can't just stick it on the, over the paneling. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think, it, I think Taryn, it's pretty. I have to ask you. With that. Yes. What, knowing you, why would you choose a wooden door? You love color. I feel like you're going to want to paint that door. Oh, I might color. eventually, but I don't know if I want to start with wood. It's under a portico, so it'll be kind of protected from the sun. Um, and then I'm doing my shutters a color. So I don't know if the wood would look good or not. That was my, my anyway, it's a long loaded line you know how everything relates because we just and I know people listening already know that I'm doing this but you know we already were picking out windows and then the mullions in the windows and the grid pattern and that affected our side lights on the sides of the door and we want to do a solid door we don't want a window anyway and so it was just then it was messing up the paneling so I'm here I am like modeling it all to your point rendering it and trying for myself but I'm like wait a second I loved having the plate but I is it necessary? I don't know. And to your point, I'm I'm a max, maxinista, so I should probably just do the plate. <laughs> I would do the plate. I think it would be pretty. And especially if you did, if you did just a stained wood door, I think the brass paneling would be a pretty touch with the with the wood. 
perfect. Yeah. I just need you to validate me. So that was really well, what this, this is. The, this is the hour for free design. So <laughs> keep the questions coming. There is someone out there who will get, who is probably going to get to this and be like, maybe I should have add the plate to my door. Can I add the plate? And but now to we just your answer. point, it's like everything depends on everything else. And if you, yeah. And it just like when we're, you know, designing, I mean, especially a, a house from scratch, but even designing a room and everything is thought through based on every other decision. And so you change one and it is a ripple effect throughout the entire process. So that's, I think that's something that some people, some clients don't understand in the beginning. Um, they're like, Oh, well, let's just, you know, I like everything, but that let's just pop that out and then do this one. I'm like, Ooh, you're like, man, that. everything was hinging on that one <laughs> I little wish detail. It was that easy. Yes. Well, I'm with you. All right. Let's do it, Caroline. Yes. We have a really short one, guys. It's great. I mean, not that we don't love the long questions, but we certainly have a short one today. It's from, okay, I'm going to say Cherie. Mm-hmm. And she, Oh, well, I don't know why I just started reading it. Taryn's until you normally oh, read it. But you I guess can. I'm, go, it's I'm halfway there. So. <laughs> <laughs> but she asked, I need some ideas to bring more warmth, texture, and subtle color for a beach home. Thank you. Okay, so her space is like is pretty much white with a neutral sofa and it looks like just one great room you know she's got like a kitchen with looks like maybe some oak cabinetry a big u-shaped sectional and then they're way in the back there's also a dining room so it's it's kind of your classic open floor plan she's got sort of a stone fireplace with a wood surround, a TV on top, bookshelves on either side. And then she has some cute little details around. She's got lots of woven, you know, some woven baskets, a woven coffee table, and then sort of one of those, it kind of looks like a knockoff of like a Benny Arane Moroccan rug, the black kind of trellis pattern. But yeah, that that's really all she's got. So Charlotte, what, what would you do to add your a little bit of your style in here and to give her some warmth, texture, and subtle color, she says. Okay, well, this is an easy question because we just did it for a client um, <laughs> at the beach. And the best thing, I mean, the beach is all about where you are. It's about your environment. It's about being outside. It's about the view. It's about the ocean, about the marsh, the sound, wherever you are at the beach, it's just about your environment. So as much as I love color, I think it is a place for restraint. Sometimes that is the hardest thing to do is try to create depth and texture and layers and warmth in a space where you don't have color. What I love to do is create that, that depth and that warmth through materials. So some of my favorite materials to use in coastal settings are caning, bamboo, rattan, um, anything woven, um, I think is always a great, a great thing. The, The best part about that is there are so many vintage dealers online or in some of these coastal towns that have tons of, of vintage products like that, that are not very expensive. I actually just went down, I mentioned earlier, to Palm Beach with a client to to do some shopping for this exact thing. And we just found the most wonderful pieces. They were all old and they were all neutral, but they just added this, some age and some warmth with like a rattan coffee table or a bamboo side table or an old colorful lamp, maybe. Keep all of the furniture pretty neutral, but then have a really pretty lamp or have a neutral lamp, but have a colored shade on it just to give a little bit of, of color. So we do a lot in just the materials at the beach, but also another great thing to do at the beach is grass cloth on your walls. Grass cloth isn't crazy expensive and there's a lot of different brands out there, but it provides texture like nothing else can. So that's always a go-to Whenever we do grass cloth and my clients are a little bit hesitant, we convince them of it and then they there's no turning back. Like they want to grass cloth their whole house. <laughs> it just is such a great, a great texture and provides such great, great warmth in a space. So that's always good. Even if 
she has these bookshelves, she could always do grass cloth in the back of the bookshelves. And that might be a nice way to kind of add a little bit of warmth in a space. Let's talk about her rug because Shri, I'm sorry to tell you this. I feel like it's too small. (laughs) The rug size, and I'm not looking at the picture, but it is very important to make sure that a rug is the right size for a room. So I feel like she needs to size up or potentially because it is like kind of a neutral and like she could put maybe like a sisal or a natural fiber or something underneath it. Yeah, like layering those two rugs. But it's it's a little bit too tiny. (laughs) Actually, if if I love the idea of having a really large sisal that can ground the entire room and all your furniture can be on that and it expands the room and makes the room feel a lot bigger and then Mm -hmm. layer that other rug on top. What about just pillows? I mean, she has this great big sectional and she has, she does have lots of pillows on it already, but they're all pretty much like kind of shades of white. Doesn't necessarily need to be like super bright colors, but she could add some subtle color in there. Absolutely. I mean, we love, one of my clients at the beach did not want any color in her house, which I was horrified about. But then she said, you know, all I want, all you can use are the colors outside, like in the view. And so what we did was we looked um, outside, we went to the house at different times of the day. In the morning, it was these golden yellows and kind of these sunbursts and marigolds. And then during the day, it was more of these taupes, tans, and ivories. And then at night, it was like this gray blue kind of steel color. And so we kind of pulled all of those colors together and it created this really beautiful, soothing palette Mm -hmm. that didn't distract from outside but did add some warmth and subtle color into the house. So all the upholstery was very neutral, but then we did add a lot of little pops of those colors. So that might be something to do is just find some inspiration from where you are at the beach and and pull some colors in on the sofa. I love that pulling different colors from different times of the day too. Mm -hmm. So then your interiors kind of change with the exterior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did the sun, we did the sunroom and breakfast room in kind of those more golden yellow colors because that's where you are in the morning. Okay. And those are the colors outside. Um, And then some of the bedrooms had the more blue, steel, gray colors because that's the evening. And then the living areas were a lot lot more neutral with what was out there during the day. It was a really fun kind of project to, to work on because it was so different from me and it took a lot of restraint to challenge myself to create a space that felt warm and inviting and, and layered and thoughtful and intentional without just throwing a lot of color and, and um, wallpaper and you know everything else that I usually do. I also love that idea, um, but sort of talking about seasons, especially maybe if not necessarily that it makes a big difference at the beach, but if you have like a mountain house, you know, in the in the spring and summer, it's so green, but then in the fall, it's like those gorgeous, um, like umber and like sort of caramels. That could be so fun too. Like what, what time of year are you using a second home? Exactly. I think that's a great idea too. Okay. Do we have any other suggestions for Cherie's? coastal open floor plan you know i think the rug the rug comment was really important because i think especially with an open floor plan you do need to still create separate spaces or else it's just going to feel like one thing bleeds into the next so even with some light fixtures i mean maybe she needs you know maybe there's some light fixtures that she can do in the kitchen to kind of ground that space um, or in Mm. the dining area that are a little bit separate just to kind of create these different little moments in that, in that one large floor plan. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's not really that much to say because she has such a good like base already. I mean, the sofa looks super comfortable, looks really functional. I mean, she's got, she does actually have lots of woven textures in here. Some of that too with, um, and we got a lot of really fun, like a, a cane or a rattan side table, and then we painted it. A color. So there was a really pretty uh, wicker chaise that we got and we painted it this really light blue and it just kind of freshened it up. So maybe even having some of that, those natural materials, but then having them painted will add a little bit of color like she wants and a little more interest, but then still you still get that, the warmth from the texture. 
Good luck, Cherie. Thanks for listening and sending in your questions. Message me on Instagram if you still need some help and send me pictures. (laughs) That's really sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff? Yes. So um, you can see most of our, most of my work is on Instagram. That is the where everything is current and you see a lot of the behind the scenes and a lot of just kind of a glimpse into the day-to-day life in the office and and my personal life as well with trying to balance children and work and school and all the things. But my Instagram handle is Charlotte H. Lucas and uh, my website is charlottelucasdesign.com. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating.